This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. voice can i do my clear people voice i can speak yeah. in my clear people voice if you like ah <laughs> uh, okay yes. all right so i guess we i guess we'll start we only yes no, yes no scripts or nothing no scripts all right no one scripts. two three ladies and gentlemen this is the negro league podcast i am preach jacobs once again thank y'all for listening we are sponsored by more better soul clothing go to morebettersoul.bigcartel.com enter code negro to save 10 percent on your next order I'm so excited. It's 2019, and I have two episodes back-to-back with somebody in the room, or at least somebody on the phone. Uh, last week, we had Jay Live, and this week, we have the homie, once again, Sanford Green. How you doing, man? In the flesh. In the flesh. Not on the phone. <laughs> yeah, so like, I, flesh. I think we did a podcast before I was doing the Negro League, so uh, yes. it's still cool to, to get you here. So for people that don't know... Who you are? Give give people uh, a little bit of the stuff off your your Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, I am a uh, first string or uh, first chair violinist yes. for the New York Philharmonic mm-hmm. um, <laughs> on the weekends. Oh, okay. only on the weekends. Uh-huh. Uh, but during the weekday, I am a comic illustrator, uh, formerly with Marvel Entertainment. Mm. Now with Image Comics, producing my new series, Bitter Roots. Bitter Roots. Bitter. The bitter. So, okay, so you say formerly with Marvel. So so are you like, I guess, are you still doing anything with Marvel? Or are you like basically an independent contractor? How does that work? Um, I am not with Marvel uh, at this time by choice because um, I think about a year and a half ago, I realized I was working with... Uh, a pretty well-known character, this uh, character named Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther. Yeah, that guy. And um, along with Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Luke Cage. And I realized, you know what? I don't own these characters. Mm -hmm. And um, the writing was on the wall that um, they had different ideas about where they wanted to go with those characters. So I knew that we, when I say we, me and David Walker, the writer for Black Panther um, and uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. And uh, we started talking about the possibilities of doing our own thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's been one of the big moves or pushes for a lot of creators uh, that's working over at Marvel and DC Comics over the last five, six years, Mm -hmm. maybe a little longer, uh, because intellectual properties are huge uh, right now for Hollywood and... um, and everything else around it, around uh, entertainment. Uh, it's the zeitgeist of this time. Uh, the comic uh, properties are really what runs everything right now. Absolutely. And um, we realized that if that is the case, we have to get some type of ownership in this. Yeah. So uh, that's why, you know, we decided to move forward. Well, I guess, you know, even especially, you know, you bring up Luke Cage, I guess, like, 
no matter how great the run is. And you know, like for for I guess a hip hop analogy, like Marvel is kind of like the Def Jam of of the comics industry, where it's like True. that's the place everybody wants to be kind of signed to and affiliated with. But like you see, what is DC Comics then? Uh, Who's that? Is it Rockus? I don't know. Uh, whatever it's like. <laughs> no, I think I think Image is Rockus. To be oh, honest, oh word, look at yeah. you. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh trust me, I'm 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 tied He's in. Like, man. I know. I know. I what, know what time it is. So so my question, you know, you know, you look at it. Looks like you guys, you know. We're, we're kind of like Belichicking it in a way because like because they talk about Belichick getting rid of players while they're still good and, so and people get be, something out of them yeah, right. yeah because yeah. like everybody will look at the idea of moving from a Marvel project but then now you see Marvel just canceled every show on Netflix they got rid of Luke Cage and they got rid of uh canceled yeah canceled um, you can't see yeah, me right he, now he, doing the quotation yeah, he's doing the jazz hands or yeah. the, <laughs> the quotation the quotations I yeah. mean but but you know. Even if it comes back another way, another form, because I, I think we all understand or assume that Disney's going to start their own digital platform, sort of like Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're still in a situation where you're at the mercy of the big company. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like if they decide they don't want you to have a show no more, you ain't got no show no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And yep. so, and so, tell the people about Bitter Root and 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 the concept and how that came about. Um, well, actually, going back to your point about the powers that be and how much control they have over these properties. And again, we realized kind of a quick inside story here when it came to uh, Luke Cage. So Luke Cage came out um, on Netflix and um, that was one of those things where it was a, um, it was a tremendous opportunity. We thought we felt like we could have a pretty awesome moment with, we could have a pretty awesome moment with promoting it and crossing it over with what we're doing with the comic in Netflix. Mm-hmm. And um, we found out that um, they didn't want anything to do with us. They, they, well, why as not? far as a, you know, that's a good question. Oh. Uh, we got a that can be a whole nother podcast. Message. Oh man. <laughs> tea. Where's the tea? Where's my tea? So I can sip while I talk. But, uh, Long story short, they they just had their vision of where they wanted to go with those characters, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter what we thought. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we were kind of you know setting the groundwork for those characters, or at least we were kind of laying this this new plan, this floor plan. Uh, the characters had been around obviously long before I was even thought of uh, the Luke Cage and Iron Fist, but the new incarnation of those characters was uh, conceived by me and David Walker. Mm-hmm. So we felt, wow, this would be a great opportunity for them to, and, they, and, and it's no secret, they they look at our, our work and they are influenced the show mm-hmm. by what we did in the books, but they didn't want any kind of real cross-promotion with that. Why not? <laughs> Again, uh, <laughs> because, because podcast, that's a podcast on I mean, because, itself. Because the crazy thing about it is to me is that, you know, Luke Cage, the show, there's a lot of elements that I really enjoy. You know, the first season, Maharshala Ali was amazing, mm-hmm. and we still the hate first it. half of the first, yeah, first season, half, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's no spoiler alert. But it's like when they got rid of I know, right? Yeah, like, you watch it by now. He's you know? dead. Yeah. He's he, dead. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's dead. But not poor but, little squirrel. <laughs> poor little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but it's yeah. like. 
it's like it is so black that sometimes it's kind of uncomfortably black as a black guy watching it, where it's mm. just like, wow, mm. you guys are really going hardcore. Mm. Where it's just like, mm. yeah, all the, all the episodes are named after gang star songs, <laughs> and you know, and, and I got a hoodie in and cabin. <laughs> oh and, yeah, the dab, the dab yeah. thing. Okay, yeah, the dab started. Yeah, but like, but to, but to me, it's like when you're going that far to show how black it is, then all of a sudden there's like this paranoia about cross-promoting. It's like, what's the fear? Because I think we talked about the variant covers before mm-hmm. and how even though Marvel embraced the hip-hop, it, yeah, the hip-hop, the hip-hop variant. covers, yeah. yeah, even though they embraced it, they kind of like did it gritting their teeth just a little bit. And I'm like, why? Yeah, well, I think part of that, here, here's, the, here's the, the, the brass tacks, I think, when it comes to why that's not a thing that they are invested in. Ultimately, it's about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I'm being, you know, as candid as as I can here without sounding so bleak, but um, the comic medium is really the bottom-feeding portion of the entertainment industry. Wow. And it's like, it's it's just a a place for a pool a pool for ideas, and that's it. It's not to really it's not making it's not profitable. Not really. Mm-hmm. It's just a place where ideas are conceived, and if those ideas are fresh enough, they'll pull those things and then they'll move on and make it into something TV or film or what have you. So so, so you basically saying it's expendable. Yeah. So you know? so the the irony of it is you're saying that like the comics portion of the the machine mm-hmm. is the least respected, mm-hmm. but without that that part of it, you oh, wouldn't have it, all this other it, stuff. None of this stuff. None of it. I mean it, Comic Con. It's called Comic Con. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no comics at Comic Con anymore. It's it's so it's frustrating. But that's part of why um Image is kind of like you know referencing back to the uh, to the uh, record labels. Mm. It's like raucous to me because all of the dopest creators are jumping ship from Marvel and DC because of that very reason. And it's like you know what? If you're going to just chew me up anyway, mm-hmm. you know, as, as being a part of a, just another cog in the in the wheel in the mm-hmm. machine, then why not? I just go. Now that I got somewhat of a, a reputation, let me just go off and I'll do my own thing. And I'm a part of the machine still, but I'm in control of my part. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm the part that if I just stop, that whole wheel's going to fall off kind of thing. So how, how does that work where it's like, you know, if you like in the music industry, me and Jay Live was talking about this, where he's basically saying that when he signed to Payday Records, because he was telling me, because uh, back to the raucous analogy, hmm. he was saying that, because he came out like around 97, 98, where he got an offer to do Raucous, but he ended up going with Payday. And like in hindsight, we might look at it as that seems crazy, but he said, but think about it. He said, Payday also had, you know, OC on the label. Hmm. They had, you know, uh, Showbiz and AG, and they hmm. understood the type of hip hop he was doing. And I, and I guess they cut a bigger check, but he said, there was, this is a big thing. He said, but they gave him his masters. Right, and so he said yep. that sometimes when he thought about them not promoting him the right way, he felt that was because at some point they felt, well, we shouldn't really push because at some point in time we're not going to have this property anymore. So he said he licensed it to him for like I don't know five or seven years, mm. and then he gets it back. So does that? Mm. How does that work with your deal with them? Is it something where you can just stop tomorrow, or there, or it's like, hey, 
you're letting them be allowed the pleasure of of dealing with your book for a certain period of time. Oh, it, it's out. yeah, it's very similar to that. I, I, that's why I think um, the hip hop industry, or just the music industry in general, and the comic industry, um, we're kindred Absolutely. souls. Yeah, and that's why. That's yeah. why. Like when when I when I started ColaCon, you know, it's a the nation's first and only hip hop comic convention. Um, Plug, plug, yeah, plug. Blah, blah, blah. Ain't plugging nothing because I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm plugging it for fun. Well, there you go. There but, it is. But it was like, but everybody made it seem like it was such a a, a a random idea. And I'm like, yo, like hip hop and comics make so much sense that it's under our nose. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a colorful, vibrant industry. Mm-hmm. It's competitive as hell. Right. It's it's cutting edge. And and think about this, like. All the rappers we know, they have fucking nicknames like like comics heroes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh yeah, I mean, it, it, so it, it's all in your face. Yeah, you know? there would be no Wu Tang if it wasn't for you know Iron Man, absolutely, and Wolverine. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just it just goes on. Johnny Blaze, graffiti culture. You know, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all, all of that. that. Yeah, it goes yeah. it goes back. Yeah, you know, it's, just the inception of hip hop. You know, graffiti. You know, Graffiti and what have you, it all was inspired from uh, comics. Ninety mm. percent um, of it. I, I I watch a lot of documentaries, and a lot of these cats, you know, from that era, from that time of the the inception of uh, of the hip hop uh, culture, they all said, "Yeah, I, I read comics as a kid, and I was mm-hmm. fascinated by." You know the, the the words that was used. You know some of these like Excelsior. What does that mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> They'll go find. You know, try to find out what what that meant. And they might be listening to music one day, and then they're you know going back and forth rapping or what have you. Mm-hmm. And they throw that word in there. Yeah. You know, just because they saw it in a book and it became part of the culture. So, quick little side note. Mm-hmm. Um, the, <laughs> The um, artist, uh, when I was coming up, there's an artist by the name of Walt Simonson. Mm. Um, this cat was the, he's the reason why Thor looks like what he looks like right now. Really? He came out in the early 80s, mm. like 81, 82, maybe even before that, like the late, late 70s. And as a kid, I used to look at his artwork, and for some reason, it always made me think about graffiti. Really? Because the way it, he drew Thor's cape. It was very whimsical. Mm-hmm. It had these little twists and turns to it. It was very. It was like organic. Yeah, like graffiti. And I met him about two years ago, and um, he's probably sixty-five or so. I met him and I told him the story about how his artwork, I really believe, influenced a lot of graffiti. Mm-hmm. And his wife turned to him and said, "Wow, honey, you finally got street cred." So that's <laughs> it was pretty cool, you know. That uh, you know this this this, and she's an artist as well. She used to be an editor at Marvel back in the uh, early eighties. Oh, wow, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Made in heaven. So, like speaking yeah. of um, Excelsior, um, how did the the passing of Stan Lee hit you? How did it hit me? You know what's funny? I met him a few times, mm-hmm. and. Honestly, that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very memorable times, but um, I think, like everyone, it, it 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 hit you. You knew. I mean, it was any any time now yeah, because he's, he's he was brother, ninety. Yeah. He was ninety five, something like that. Yeah, he was ninety five or so. And um, it's crazy. 
I had folks texting me, calling, man, sorry about your loss. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, they're treating like my, it's my granddad or something. I mean, I guess to some degree, that every everyone in the industry, he is like a grandpapa yeah. to 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 everyone, really. I mean, everyone, yeah. even cats that you know, like the Walt Simonson cat that I just mentioned. Yeah. I mean, the dude's thirty years older than him. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So. Yeah, he he definitely, you know, after that happened, I got those texts and calls and what have you. I started feeling, wait a minute, I think I just lost my granddad. Yeah. You know, you you started feeling more. It, it don't hit you until somebody sends you an edible arrangement. You <laughs> <laughs> sent me one of those um, those digital digital um, condolences or yeah, whatever. You know. I'm like, oh my goodness. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Well, see, what do you think? Um, I'm I'm gonna tell you my favorite movie of the year. Like, and and I'm a big drama fan, so like, you know, but my favorite movie. Spider-Verse. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. Right. You know, and, mm-hmm. and this and that was kind of one of those things where it's just like, I thought it was kind of like. Poetic. Not Aquaman? Aquaman, no. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but, but I thought it was kind of poetic that yeah. it came out like right after um, Stand Died, mm-hmm. where it was basically like, yo, this is where this legacy is. Like, look mm-hmm. at look at this. The thing about it was. It was a, it was so hip hop without trying. Mm-hmm. It it was so inclusive without making it a point to show how inclusive it was. It felt very effortless, you know. Right. Um, yep. I don't know. It, I, I remember. Yeah, it, I remember saying to myself because I went with my boy Bobby and his two sons, and they're like ten and eleven. And I said, I wish when I was their age, I had this. Mm. You know. Now you you worked with something involving with the movie, like what? Yeah, what I helped to um, I helped to develop um, Miles. Morales, um, the look for him, the early stages, they, they reached out to me. It's crazy because, uh, quick story with that, I was in the Bahamas, and uh, so I just slid that in yeah, there, right? Um, with, with, with Barack Obama? I was just hanging out I, in the Bahamas. I with was my... hanging out with Sanford Grant. <laughs> <laughs> me and Michelle. <laughs> I know deep down inside, man, you want to do voice acting it's real so, bad. No, why real you bad. comic book oh, guy? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. You think when Bitterroot become a cartoon? <laughs> Listen, if Bitterroot become a cartoon and I ain't doing no voices. Oh uh, yeah, we we got I'm you covered, be man. Heartbroken. We got you covered. We got you covered. <laughs> All right. We have you in uh um, that work cheap. Think uh we have you uh man one or man two. <laughs> listen, man, listen. I decide though. I have a habit of like getting ready in the morning and narrating as Morgan Freeman. <laughs> My name is Morgan Freeman. Preach wakes up today and goes to the bathroom. He brushes his teeth and thinks about the day. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. Did you see the other uh, picture I posted? Morgan Heeman? Like He-Man, no. but it's Morgan Freeman? Hold on. Oh, like, my you got You got to get the response while you're on the phone with me. <laughs> it is the funniest, dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> is that something you yeah. did? Not, somebody posted, posted this up. That is pretty <laughs> Morgan He Man. <laughs> look at the look on his face. He's like, "What the?" <laughs> By the power of grace, <laughs> I have the power. So, so what? Well, um, Spider Verse. Yeah, when they yeah. approach you, like, so yeah. I was in the Bahamas um, with with Barack Obama, with Barack and Morgan Fre- and Morgan and, Freeman yes. <laughs> on the beach, and I get this. Um, I I see this number, you know, that come that came through. Uh, call and um you know it's one of those california numbers so you're like okay usually if i get a call from there it's more than likely someone inquiring about something you mm-hmm. know some kind of development thing or whatever um 
if it's from the East Coast, it's somebody that that I owe money to. It's a rapper. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I I know all the area codes, so you can't fool me, um, telemarketers. But um, so they 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 left a message, um, and I knew the guy. His name is Mike Moon. Um, he used to be over at uh, he, he was on Disney. He was at Disney for a while, and he was responsible for um, bringing in um, some pretty dope cartoons at the time. Um, he helped develop the um, Tron mm. cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this other one called M- Motor City that didn't last long at all, but it was really, really dope. And I knew he had a really great sensibility of how to do really dope cartoons and ideas and, and what have you. Unfortunately, I think that was right at the time where things were changing, where you had a lot more of the uh, amazing world of Gumball and uh, Teen Titans Go, the more comedy, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, slapstick, yeah. Yeah. You know, episodic uh, um, type deals. And... Um, or the uh, what we call them the um, the single the single, uh, single shots sale. yeah uh-huh. the ones that you know they 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 run at any time you don't have to worry about a storyline or yeah. anything like that so um, but <clears throat> uh, so I was working on a project with those guys back then on something that was really really dope involving Spider Man mm-hmm. just never really got off the ground. So when he approached me this time, he was like, "Hey, I think we got, I think we got something really cool involving uh, Spider Man again." And I'm like, "All right, uh, let's hear it." He told me he didn't tell me it was a movie yet. He just oh, said wow. they were developing some ideas for for um, the character and just wanted to see my take on it. And, mm. they, and you know, they basically said, "Dude, do do as many different ideas as you can possibly come up with. You know, what would he look like in this in 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 a more simpler style? Mm-hmm. What would he look like with shorter hair? What would he look like with a hat? What what would he look like with a backpack, school outfit, whatever? And um so I just kind of, you know, uh went went in on those uh designs um because I knew that that's kind of my wheelhouse. That's why they reached out anyway because they knew that that's something that I'm really. Was it character development? Good. Is that what it's called? It's character okay. development. Yeah, yeah. So you know, long story short, that's uh, my contribution to the film. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did it hit you when you first saw that, dude? It was like, oh wait a minute, they actually used the hair that I drew. Yeah, but now, my, mind you, it was. I mean, I'm not naive. I, I know that there was another dozen artists doing the same thing that I did, mm. and I think we all kind of had similar ideas, and our styles are very similar. Um, my homeboy Jim Mafu, you probably yeah, know I know Fufu, yeah, 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 he worked on it. Work. Um, so uh, Jason Latour, you yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah, you know, he designed one of the characters, that Spider Gwen. That's his, really, that's, that's his character. Wow. Okay, that's so no wonder um, when they won the Golden Globes, he was posting stuff. Oh, like, he was yeah. going nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, going yeah. nuts over that. So yeah, congratulations to uh, to Jason and, uh, and uh, Rico yeah. and um, oh, so Robbie. Whole, so the whole squad worked on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's their that's their character. Wow, yeah. Yeah. how's um Southern Bastards doing? Is he still working on that? Oh yeah, he's doing. I think it's on hiatus right now, but uh, it's it's going. It's What's going that well. through? What's um that's image as well? I told okay. you, man, raucous, wow, man. Man, oh the heat is over there, man. Wow, the okay. dopest stuff is that image right now, man. Hands down, wow, hands down. All right. Well, the the movie the movie blew me away, um, and it was, it just kind of makes me feel kind of as a transition about 
the difference between Marvel and DC seems so so <laughs> far beyond. Like, all right, what's, what was your okay? What was your take on Aquaman? How okay, here's Aquaman? the deal, man. Here's right, the deal. Let's go, here's let's the go, deal. Let's go. I liked it. Uh, uh, I know everyone was going nuts over the the explosion scenes. Everyone like you know the the explosions that happened. Um, I think there were like four of them. That was like the same thing. <laughs> they having these quiet, intimate moments or whatever, personal moments, and then all of a sudden, boom, that happened. <laughs> yeah, so, several times. And, like, yeah, yeah. I got something deep I have to tell you. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> yeah. boom. Um, but uh, and then you know the the whole thing with him, the coming of age when he was kind of an adolescent. Yeah, and he. Realize his dad or his mom left him and didn't love him. I'm like, oh, yo, that was rough. That was rough. Outside of that, uh, outside of that, that was a pretty. I tell you, I tell you what, okay, good film. Okay. I liked it. I, I liked I'll, it. I'll meet you halfway on this. Yeah. Here's, I, DC has the unfortunate and, thing, and let me let me say this too. Mm-hmm. I think the mere fact that it wasn't done. Filmed like it was at midnight. Yeah, okay. Makes all the difference. And this is, and this is know, what I was gonna that, say too, because helped. like DC <sighs> had a problem, especially with Zack Snyder. Yeah, everything looking gloomy and yep. dark as hell. Everything's all know? washed yeah, and gray. Absolutely. Yep. So, so I felt like they really made a very, very intentional effort to oh, make absolutely. it look lighter. Now, in saying that, my biggest issue with the movie was this: it was two and a half hours. Saving Private Ryan was two hours and 50 minutes. So you're telling me that a movie about World War II (laughs) (laughs) is only 20 minutes longer than the story of Aquaman. I think, same way I feel, going back to DC stuff, I feel the same way with Aquaman, how I felt about The Man of Steel. Because that was a Zack Snyder one, and that was okay with the the Zod, with that crazy, scary-looking guy to play Zod. Yeah, yeah. That was two and a half hours, and it was just like thirty minutes of just yeah. overkill yeah. of fight scenes. I felt like it would have been better if it was shut down thirty minutes. Then I felt like uh, the black guy. What's his name again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like they tried to make this convenient way to get to him, get him to in ha- there. Yeah, get him in there. Save my daddy. Save yeah. him. No. <laughs> Save my daddy. He' about to drown. No. I hate Aquaman. Yeah. I want to yeah. drown him. Wait. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? His motive. His motive was a little too horseshoed. Absolutely. Yeah. It was yeah. a little too horseshoed. I mean, my thing is like I thought. There was enough a shoehorn. I'm sorry, I said horseshoe. I mean, I same was difference. Like, yeah, it's same the same, thing. the same thing. I, I felt like there was enough of a story without putting him in it for this. Oh, one. absolutely. You he know was, what I mean? He was totally not needed. But I think that was part of it. Was in my opinion, I felt like they he needed to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not that much, though. Yeah, I think he needed to be. It's kind of like the Thanos deal yeah. in Avengers One. Just give a hint that he's coming. I mean, and, and they they spent know, how many years think, prepping think, us for Thanos and all the Avengers yeah. and all and the. So when he finally came, you were like, "Man, finally!" And now I'm I'm in. I'm so I'm, I'm invested. So like they get they 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 definitely gave you too much mm-hmm. too quickly with him, so you don't feel like you can be invested in the character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I I didn't care if a old buddy lived or died, and I was like, okay, you know, all right, Aquaman, wrap this up. This is this is getting a little too long. <laughs> save the world, save the save water world. <laughs> okay, well, but but you gotta admit, you gotta admit, it was fun. 
he he Aquaman, mm. he he trained or he controlled a kraken. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Yeah, I mean, man. he I mean you're talking about the creature yeah. of the sea. Man. The creature, the the baddest creature in the entire ocean. Dog. All I got to say, I'm just saying, it's cracking, man. All I got to say, at one point in time, I saw octopus playing drums. <laughs> you yeah. yeah, that was a, that was a little. I was yeah, like, wait, I was are we looking at uh, yeah. fish hooks? What's the yeah, name of that? Like, what's the one? What's the name of that 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 animated film? It was horrible with Will Smith voice. He was a voice. It was a fish. Oh my gosh, really? And Snoop Dogg was in it. What? Yeah, he okay, was in it, on, and he was like, like IMDb a, this. yeah, it was like, and they had. Like these horrible Jamaican accent. Oh my god! Fish, and they were playing like the. Oh my! I think it's called Fish. You know, you know, you're a comic guy when you see like the terrible animated movies that nobody want to watch. How old was it? Oh man, it's probably ten years now. Probably ten years. Club Oscar? No, that's a no, short. No, 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 that's no. a short one. Shark uh, Tale. Shark Tale. Okay. Shark Tale. Yeah, right. that's it, man. Uh, like Will Smith, Robert De Niro. Yeah, Jack Black, Angelina Jolie, Martin Scorsese, Ziggy Marley, yeah, Ziggy. Dougie Doug, Dougie Doug. Well, that's how you heard from Dougie Doug. And that, they were the Jamaicans, man. Oh my! At least they had real Jamaicans. I know they had real Jamaicans yeah. on it, but well, it was know. like it was like a caricature of Jamaicans. Though it was like oh. the Adamai, what the what? They had the big hats and they were playing the, the drums <laughs> and they would weed it up what? and everything. Oh so God. you know, and it was a, a whole half movie. I'm not saying. Oh yes. Oh my God! It was very much uh, a so called. Children's movie. Well, speaking of Will Smith, did you see the um, images of him playing Aladdin, playing the genie in Aladdin? Here's here's the thing. I hadn't seen that yet. I saw some of it, but mm-hmm. you know who would have been dope as that character? The genie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Who? Sinbad. Why didn't they call him? I know he because, been because Because I think part of it is, well, it's... it's, it's it's Not 1989. Right. It's not <laughs> you know a different world era, yeah. but I think he would have been perfect for that. Um, I mean, he's on rail now. He's not. It's not like he ain't doing yeah. nothing. He's doing. And well. shout out, you met him. Like, it, yeah, 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 yeah. What happened with that? That's, that's my homie now, man. It's Yo, crazy. did you send him that picture of me as an eight year old? Because growing up, no, I was every I, I, no, no, <laughs> growing, growing up I saw, as a light skinned well, red bone kid. But that that's not the one that I sent. What did I send you? you with, was you it the James and, Earl Jones? No, it was you and kid from kid. Yeah, <laughs> you say that's your daddy. Listen, no, I said that's your brother. I said that's your brother. That's your brother. Listen, and I was called, your daddy. I was called every light skinned dude, and then when of I course, got, and then when I got fat, you know, really fat, like really early, I was Sinbad, and I was Heavy D. Because my name was Derek, so that was stuck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Heavy D, which which Heavy uh, was cool. Because like, yo, call Heavy you got D the fat. La- you got the ladies, man. Yo, yeah, call you got Heavy the D fat. Don't leave him by you with you know along with your girl. Oh yeah. man, oh man, he stuck going. I can't even say it. I can't even get it right. But that's why he was Heavy D. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Trouble T. Roy. Like you know, without Heavy D, we wouldn't have Pete Rock and Seals move for the most part. Dude, without Heavy D, he wouldn't have a lot of stuff. We wouldn't have. I think he had something to do with Biggie getting signed. Oh yeah, Yeah. he had Biggie, uh, Puffy, um, uh, um, Andre Harrell. Wow, got him. You know, I mean that whole Uptown thing is him. Wow, I dude, there's a there's a documentary, not even a documentary. There's this YouTube uh, show called The Lessons I'm going to hook you up with, man. I listen to it or watch it at least twice a week. Really? At least. That dude is the most 
well-versed cat I've ever heard in my life on hip-hop. Not not the culture, but mm-hmm. just the 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 different acts. Mm-hmm. He did one. He did one on. He he didn't do Heavy D yet, but he did one on the Uptown. Yeah, like the that whole, whole the sound, sound yeah, yeah, yeah. the movement. He talked about how uh, Teddy Riley came mm-hmm. from. He was in that little school. Mm-hmm. It, him and Dougie Fresh were really close back in the mm-hmm. days. He did. Um, he was the one that did um, the show. Wow. I didn't realize that didn't was that Teddy either. Riley, man. Yo, you know the thing about Teddy I was Teddy, like, that's crazy, yo. You know, so, yeah. You know the thing about Teddy Riley that's, cra- that's that's ridiculous to me? If you think about it, I don't think he gets enough credit. Because if you look at somebody like Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, you know, as a solo artist, he the biggest albums ever he does with Quincy Jones. And so, like, you would think that after Thriller and after Bad and all these, like, crazy sales or whatever, that he's going to stick with him. And Mike left Quincy mm-hmm. in the Dangerous album was Michael Jackson doing New Jack Swing. Oh, that, yeah, was was doing, that was all Teddy Riley. That was all Teddy Riley. But when we talk about producers, especially in black music, his name don't come up. Teddy? Mm. There, there's there's a little bit of a controversy behind some of that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you that that that, that Yeah, YouTube. I definitely want to check that I out. I think you'll dig that, man. Dude, we hadn't even talked about... Uh, and speaking of that, I mean, mm. do we want to talk about this? Nope. I okay. know exactly where you're going. All right. Nope. Let's, nope. Let's drop it. <laughs> I want to leave it alone. Leave it alone. I want to leave it alone. Did you see, um, apparently, 50, 50 Cent mm. kind of clapped that uh, new voice? Yeah. 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 Which. But, I mean, he was trying to, you know, throw shade <laughs> on that whole situation. I mean, here's what I, I, uh, I want to hear. Here's what I want to hear. I don't want somebody having a revisionist history thing and saying, you know what, I didn't like him back in the day anyway, and this is what, blah, 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 blah. But why are you saying it now? Because we're not talking about people with no power. Dame had power. Like, Dame mm-hmm. Dame is outspoken now. Yeah, he could he could have shut yeah, a lot yeah, of stuff down. That, I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it. It's like, yo, it's like, I don't want to hear now that you're trying to say that these people are terrible when you had the opportunity to say something back in the day. Yeah. And, and, and that was one of the things that they were talking about with... Um, with uh, the director of of the R. Kelly joint was that there's a lot of people that didn't want to talk. Um, but there was there's something where I was talking about this on one of the old podcasts, or well, probably the last one, where it's just like as far as hip hop culture is concerned, man. Like I grew up listening to like Snoop and stuff like that, and then you got like C. Dolores Tucker, like really talking about how terrible, how violent these records were. And as I get older, like she was right, you know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like this stuff, yeah, was really, really, really bad. But so, but if you think about that, why, why wouldn't hip hop be where it is right now? Mm. You know, it's like I think Snoop even said this. He said it's our fault. Yeah, he said it's our fault because what we did, mm-hmm. how we went about what we did, because mm-hmm. it's not even just the music. It was literally. We're going out and doing a lot of this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And these kids, yeah. you know, they're not even kids yet. They're not even conceived yet. Yeah. But they're, just imagine, that was that's technically almost two generations removed from what's out now. Yeah. So if that was bad, imagine what came right after that yeah. was worse. Well, the other thing, too, is that, and Snoop mentioned this, too, is that, and I talked about this in a couple of editorials that I wrote about um, young black male culture depression in hip hop. And when we listen to Biggie's Ready to Die, 
I said in the, I, I opened the article up by saying like we 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 let him down like we failed Biggie because you got this guy who's 23 years old who's talking about being ready to die and the last song on Ready to Die is a song called Suicidal Thoughts mm. and so he's telling you in plain English like yo this is this is how I'm feeling even the album that came out after that Life After Death he died in the midst of that so mm. it becomes this self fulfilling prophecy and you look at Pop. Everything he talked about, is there heaven for a gangster? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, there yeah, was A lot this, of those guys knew, yeah. I so, mean. so so there was a level of depression that was involved with it, and there was this level of, if I think I'm going to die really soon, then there's a whole YOLO concept, like, well, fuck it. <laughs> you know? And Snoop said that he would listen to a lot of this stuff and listen to the stuff that he was writing. Like, he wrote the song Murder Was The Case yep. before he got a murder case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's like, I'm kind of responsible for putting that energy out there. Yeah. And so, and so like, I think I'll always, even if I don't agree with the music, support artists to make whatever shit they want to make. The problem is, and me and Jay Live was talking about this last week, was when I was growing up, I can listen to an NWA, but at the same time, I can hear a public you had You had a balance. I can hear a Beastie Boy. You, you know what balance. I mean? You had a balance. Where a lot of yeah. stuff that comes out now, you're not hearing that balance, you know? But, but that that goes back to what I said um, just a few minutes ago, is, is that you 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 went from a murder was the, was the case to the generation right after that mm-hmm. that made, you know, um, stuff that sounded like... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what's the name of those guys, the cash money yeah, yeah, guys. Cash All, money, yeah. I mean, the 90, 99% of that stuff was about, you know, screwing women, mm-hmm. misogynistic, really, really heavy misogynistic mm-hmm. um, content, mm-hmm. and drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's, let's, just, let's just be real. Um, your boy um, um, Lil Wayne mm-hmm. is like the the father of that. Yeah. You know, which I is mean, funny because he came crazy. out as a fourteen-year-old, yeah, heavily involved in it. Which yeah. is hilarious when you think about it. Wayne yeah. Wayne has over twenty-year rapping career. Oh yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and and so that, and, that, and what's crazy is that he actually could rap. Mm-hmm. He could rap. Mm-hmm. I, I never necessarily doubted that. It's just that what was right before him, that era, was already in in. In the cesspool, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So they're not thinking about Lil Wayne. Yeah. Like, well, so Lil Wayne doesn't have any kind of guidance. He's influenced, mm. but he ain't got no guidance with it. Yeah. So he just kind of goes off and I'm develop and develop the way he develops. And that's and then, where you know, I feel like a lot of the young guys in hip hop now, the reason why they're so unruly. Like, yeah. The reason <laughs> you know why they you know why they're unruly? Because it's like it's kind of the, the older generation's fault in the sense of you can't have a generation of rappers that are being drug dealers and then be surprised that the next generation are rappers that are drug users. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like it's like they're kind of responsible for mm-hmm. each other. And the lack of guidance, when a young kid is trying to come out and you in the older generation is either going to be like, I hate these young niggas or I don't like this stuff or blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. when these young guys get put on without the help Mm-hmm. Of people from the older generation, mm-hmm. that's where the animosity comes from. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, "Yo, what are y'all talking this shit about me for? I did this by myself, <laughs> did it by myself. You know? so, so I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna so, you know, mumble or whatever I purpose yeah. set or whatever I'm yeah. gonna do because that's what got me there. Yeah, and and so. and there's never a generation like there's never this level of 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 
you know, rock music has the passing the torch, you know, of like, hey, you know, bring these guys up on tour. When I go on tour, I'm gonna bring this band here, and then you know, there is never really a lot of that. Even in even in other forms of black why, music, why 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 does they why do they, do they have to sound like? Because I'm trying to give you an array <laughs> yeah. of voices. He's an eight Bayern. I mean, it was either that's that or Morgan. <laughs> my name was Morgan. Oh, my <laughs> but like, I had to give you an array of voices for the show. But it's like, yeah, there was a show called. Um, uh, uh, stories from the tour bus. If you heard about this, mm. it's pretty dope. It's uh, Mike Judge who did like Beavis and Butthead and all that type of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, it's an animated show where they interview musicians. So like the first season was all country musicians. Oh, the one and they did one with hip hop. Well, this no, the second season was all funk. So oh, okay. like, so the first episode was George Clinton. The second episode was like um, Booty Collins, and it was like a two episoder on like a. Uh, 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 on James Brown, and it's just really dope. So, so imagine you interviewing these people, and all the interviews are animated, and like when they're yeah. telling stories, they're animated. So there was a there was actually an episode about Morris Day in the Time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ooh, it was it's so probably it's, it's probably so, it's so dope. super X rated too. Is what I mean, it is. some of it is, yeah. yeah. But the funny thing about it is this: my dumbass, I didn't realize that Morris Day and Prince weren't related. I thought they were cousins. That's what I was told for years. I thought they were. Coming. Well, I definitely knew that they were all family. You know, they're you know not what I mean? At all. This crew, this yeah, they crewed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I also didn't realize that how much they beefed with each other. So like that whole shit on Purple Rain, that shit was real. Well, yeah, mo- that that's based on his how he came in. Wow, that's Prince's bio is pretty much what it was. Yeah, yeah. But that episode is really kind of funny. Like you, 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 <laughs> should, you should check that show out. It's really. Dope. Is it on what Comedy Central? No, no, no. I think it's like a Cinemax show or something like that. But oh, I, I give you my password. Like you can, you can use it. Shout out! Listen, shout out to the real heroes out there. That when you're trying to save money and not go out. And you don't have an HBO Go password, but somebody give you an HBO Go password and you give them your <laughs> Netflix password. It was funny. Like the movie Bird Box came out and it was like 45 million people watched it. And I'm like, it's 45 people watching it with just using 11 accounts. You know what I'm like, so, so I'm, I've still, I've, I've still yet to see it. I got to, I haven't I gotta, seen it either. I got to check it out. I keep hearing, I don't know, people say it was all right. And, and then I see all these different. Memes and yeah. tweets and stuff. I'm like, okay, this is some kind of woke, yeah. woke kind of thing or something. I mean, it sounds like a quiet place with with like you know blindfolds. It's a quiet place. I haven't seen that one either. But that was the movie about yeah, yeah, noise and monsters. Yeah, super you. super uh, sensitive to sound yeah. or something like that. Yeah, um, it's crazy having having all this content. Kind of bringing it back um, to to the original topic with <clears throat> what we're doing. Um, over at Image, um, you know, all this stuff kind of plays into why we went to Image. You know, aren't the, you a professional? He's like, let me bring this back. Yeah, you know, you got, <laughs> trust me, I've, I've done a few of these. I, I know, I know how it goes. But, um, but yeah, we we um, we we knew that owning ownership is the only way you're going to stay relevant or or afloat. In um, this kind of uh, industry, um, the the comic portion of it, <clears throat> um, I think to some degree. Speaking about the Netflix, I was listening to a podcast last night, and they were talking about how. Remember back in the days, I'm a little older than you, but you should remember movies that came out in the theaters that were like. They lasted a while, but they weren't big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. They were the movies that just kept. Hanging around yeah, in the theaters, yeah. um, Tom Cruise got his his name off of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Top Gun was not <laughs> the, the big blockbuster. Maybe yeah. it was. I think it was Cock, Cocktails or one of those yeah, movies. Yeah, it's yeah. just those kind of films. Um, it wasn't RoboCop. It mm. wasn't Predator. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was those movies that were like... Um, it made just enough to keep it. The good. firm. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like those movies weren't <laughs> meant to be the big blockbusters, mm-hmm. but they were movies that just built up careers. Yeah. Those movies aren't around anymore. It's mm-hmm. either some big blockbuster mm-hmm. or some big blockbuster. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of either, those films. Either you're going to be Marvel doing a billion dollars right. or you're going to be a movie that's going to win an Oscar. Right. Anything in between in really between. is not going to work. And and most of those actors like the, the, the Tom Cruise's, They'll do that big blockbuster, mm. but there's really no other room for them yeah. other than that. Right. And, and, and unless that's why you saw um um what's her name that did Bird Box? Um uh, actress, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, yeah. she's doing Netflix, mm. right? That movie probably could go in the theaters. You can probably see it in the theaters, mm-hmm. but they saw the writing on the wall that that's uh Direct that that's a either a one month uh, substantial uh, subscription or yeah, something like a that, one, yeah. or one month sustaining in the theaters because mm-hmm. gonna go straight to DVD after yeah, that yeah. might be already on DVD yeah around the same time or just hedge all your bets and put it on Netflix and just get I, yourself. I think 45 as soon as million. we saw as soon as we saw Will Smith do a Netflix yeah, movie, you already knew you already knew that the, the pendulum is is starting to shift in that regard because a lot of those guys, and this is to the point that I'm trying to make, a lot of those guys are understanding that you're not going to get the big. Uh, I think I forgot the name of the actress. Um, it wasn't Sandra Bullock. She was really complaining about how. There's not a lot of good scripts anymore mm-hmm. in Hollywood for movies. Mm-hmm. Like she, she was saying, I forgot, I forgot her name. What is she playing? Um, she, she was actually in in a Spike Lee movie. Um, she's a well established uh, actress, a- actor. Oh gosh, hold on, hold Caucasian on. woman. Oh, she that, that, uh, she was the villain. She was the villain in um, in that movie. Um, I know what you're talking about. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know you're talking about. Just because you did. Oh, gosh. Uh, the movie with uh, Clive Owen. Yes, with Clive Owen. Clive oh, Owen. gosh. The, uh, hold on. What's her name? Um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. That's it. <clears throat> so um, she was just talking about how there, there just aren't, aren't any movies like that anymore, and she just feared for you know the actors' careers. But here's the here's the here's the deal. There there is movies like that. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be on streaming now. Like yeah. you got to do it on Hulu or Netflix, yeah. so, and you're just gonna have to chalk up the fact that it's not gonna give give you or get you a six figure million dollar contract. Yeah. You might get half that. You know what though? You know, I feel so, like this is a golden age of television. Where oh yeah, shout out to the the show True, uh, True Detective. The new season comes out. More harsh yeah, Ali yeah, is on he's, it. He's the lead. That first season was incredible. It yeah. had um. The second it, season was horrible. It was man. terrible. It was <laughs> so <laughs> terrible. I'm trying to act like it didn't exist. But it's like the first it season didn't. had uh, it at all. It's uh, Matthew McConaughey yep. and um, and, uh, and Woody. Woody. Yeah. Yep. And yep. so you see a lot of these big Hollywood actors doing television because True Detective was basically like, hey, we got eight episodes, we're done. You know. Yep. So then 
that came out around the same time the first season of Fargo came out. So you have like Billy Bob Thornton doing that. Mm. So you get like a lot of big names doing television because there's, there's this thing where I feel like the only reason that Hollywood and movie theaters can only do like the Avengers is because that's the only reason people are going to the movies anymore because like, because it's so much better to stay home. And that was, and that wasn't the case 20 years ago Mm -hmm. because back in the day, the movie theater looked better than your home television. Right. Now, right. you know, it's, it's sort of like it's sort of like how I feel like the biggest thing when they're talking about oh the NFL is losing money. You know, the best thing to happen for the consumer with the NFL is like the way televisions are and the Red Zone Channel. Mm-hmm. So, like the thing about the NFL that they they always ignore is that NFL is designed for suffering, even if you're a fan. So imagine if like. Chicago is still in the playoffs, or imagine if like Green Bay is in the playoffs and you're outside mm-hmm. and it's negative twenty degree weather, and <laughs> and you're paying playoff ticket prices right. to be miserable to in be the miserable. snow. Here's and, you yeah. know, but here here's here's the other part of that too with with the NFL is that they understand the the actual how how to leverage the the accessibility of of the NFL. Like, you can't watch every game mm-hmm. just because you want to watch it. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. You only get what they call regional games. Yeah. <laughs> Our team's suck in this area, right? And you that's, know, and so that's where the NFL not, network comes in. The NFL yeah. work. So that, yeah, again, the, the, the What they call network. it, the... The weekly t- it was like it's called something ticket. It's like something uh-huh. where you get the weekly ticket yeah. where you can watch every game because you know, yeah you got the NFL Network but mm-hmm. that ain't nothing but just them <laughs> recapping stuff. Yeah. Michael Irvin oh, on God. cocaine. Oh, God. Dallas gonna go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> sweating. <laughs> you see that joint where he's like sweating <laughs> on first take. I thought he was about to have a stroke, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, aneurysm. You know, brother. But that's why we you know but uh, you know the whole streaming aspect of 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 the medium and how actors are going in that direction and how those those are um their premium um types of uh content now it's it's similar to what creators in the comic industry are doing because we're now going into this 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 part of the industry where you can do something that's premium like we're doing the the series and it's premium. A lot of the things that a lot of the creators that we have involved with it, um, a lot of the even the formatting of how we put it together is premium. It's not you ain't gonna get this at a Marvel or a DC. Mm-hmm. This very Marvel and DC is very commercial. When you get their comics, you're gonna get a lot of ads in the yeah. comics. You're going to get um, cheaper paper. I mean, even something is is. Uh, as uh, trivial as that, to some degree, that's just what it is with them. But with uh, a company like Image, you're getting top stories by top creators with um, a very high-end format. There are comics that um, we're publishing, and I say we because I'm part of the Image family now. Yay! Yay! We, I mean, they're they're what they call artist editions, mm-hmm. where these things are oversized and it, they're printed the size of the actual artwork. Wow! So it looks like you're looking at the originals, mm-hmm. and um, I guess just kind of letting the cat out the bag here. We're we're gonna do one for Bitter Root. We're gonna right. do a, a artist edition for it. 
So um, you can look out for that, I guess, I don't know, the fall or something like that, because a lot of people have asked. And um, that's one of those types of things where even if it, in in a weird kind of way, I mean, everyone wants to sell and do well with those types of uh, uh, products, but Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't, the mere fact that we did it, the Mm -hmm. fact that we put it together and you can look at this piece of work and you're proud of what you've done. I've never been prouder prouder of my work. I've never been more at peace. I, I truth truth be told, working on Power Man, and Iron Fist, and, and and Black Panther and all that stuff was great from the idea aspect of it. But from the creative side, it was mm-hmm. tough because the deadlines were insane. Mm-hmm. The the it just the process was just insane. You just felt like. That breathing down your your necks and you're you're swimming or drowning, if you will, um, in quicksand. Because every time you, you know you you fight to get out, you just slide down yeah, a little okay. more. So I mean, that's why a lot of creators, most creators, um, especially once they're established, they they move towards doing the creator. And it's funny because when I was coming up, Marvel was like it. Yeah. That was like yeah. Def Jam. Yeah. It's like you yeah. you. If you didn't get in Marvel, you just weren't successful. You're mm-hmm. bum. You're bum. You go back and <laughs> you're a bum. You're a bum. Then <laughs> have you seen Creed too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know what they're saying, I, yo. Don't spoil it for me because I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. But like, I, okay. I, I, I've seen it, but I'm not gonna spoil it. But um, yeah, the guy, that boxer that just had that fight recently. What's his name? The black oh dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about putting him in the in the uh, yeah, make, the make him one. make him. T, Mr. T's, Mr. Yeah. T's son. yeah. I heard rumors. I was just like, I hadn't seen the second one yet. I don't want to know. It's, but it's, I kind of figured, yeah, I figured Clubber Lang. Clubber, yeah, Clubber, Clubber Lang. I mean, do you realize that the Rocky franchise is on like movie nine? Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, it's, if you really think about it, because Creed 1 and 2, yeah. still part of that whole deal. This the order, there's five pretty, Rockies, and then there was a one called Rocky Balboa. Balboa. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, and then Creed, no, it, there's five Rockies, Rocky Balboa. Wasn't there another one, though? I think there might have been. There were two more in there that was just like horrible. Five, <laughs> Rocky Five was horrible. And then Creed <laughs> 1 and 2. So, yeah, we're, we're hitting, we're going to hit, you know, uh, 10 of these things, and then they're going to have their kids doing oh, it, and it's going to keep which, going. Which is hilarious because, like, it didn't age very well, but which one had uh, James Brown singing "Living in America" on it? He's like dancing. That's and, horrible. Yeah, man. it is uh, so bad. But <laughs> that it's like, might have been five. No, 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 no. That, that's much later. Maybe two or three. I can't remember. But like that was uh, that was two. Wow. Is that was um, that was was that two? It might that's, have been two. I think it was that's, two. That's uh, like, that's with um with, with, with the with, other Creed, with, with Creed with, Daddy on. Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> that's Creed Daddy. Creed Daddy. Yo, the living down the mat. Like, oh. It was so bad. <laughs> it's like my friend had this joke with me. He was basically like, we was joking because he was basically like, um, there was a record, like it was at this record swap or whatever, and there was like a James Brown record. And I said, is this worth getting? And he says, well, look at the cover, and it was like one of these covers with James Brown. Had the perm and he looked like somebody's grandmama. Mm. And he said, and he said, now look at the back. And it was like all the musicians were these white dudes. And he said, You don't want all white band James Brown. He's just like, that's when that's when the music. <laughs> that's when living in America. That's living in America. That's living in America. Because that's because that's when James Brown kind of realized, oh, you know, I'm a national treasure. So let me kind of like milk this a little bit. You know what I mean? It's and, funny. Yeah. It it's, lost it lost all the soul to it. Oh, trust me. I got a friend of mine that lives. 
in James Brown's hometown. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a national treasure. He barely has uh, a plaque really? in his hometown, man. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So unless somebody grandma that they, you know, they that can can go in there and, and make a fuss about it, but yeah, they, they don't really pay him much. I feel so terrible homage. because because uh he died on Christmas. Um, I forgot what year it was. Might might have been a little bit over ten years ago. But I remember this because every every um, Christmas Eve or something like that, he goes to like Augusta and he does this whole thing where he buys That's toys where he's for from. kids. He's yeah. in that area. He buys these toys for kids. And I remember, I swear to God, I remember seeing this this footage of him at one of the toy drives or whatever. And it's cold outside. And I swear to God, he had like a suit jacket on, but no shirt on under it. His chest was out, and he had the vest. Yeah, it's like you, so. Imagine, vest. imagine a suit jacket, yeah. no shirt on. You and see then, his back, and I said, "Yo, James gonna get sick." The next day, he got pneumonia and died on Christmas. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so like, and I woke up. I Maybe. got a phone call from um, from the newspaper here from from Otis Taylor, and like, I woke up Christmas morning to a phone call, and I was like, "Hello." He said, "Yo, preach, what's up?" I said, "What's up?" He says, "Want to see if you want to give me a comment or a comment about what about the passing of James Brown." And what he meant to hip hop culture, and I'm like, can I wake up first? Dang, like, that's how I crazy. woke up. That's how I woke up to the death of James Brown Dang. being asked to quote something in the newspaper. That's crazy. Which is also hilarious. It's like, who the hell am I? Like, why are you asking me? You know that that's what happened with me with Stan Lee. It's like, I bet you got a state paper. Say something call. about your granddaddy. Yeah, say something. About, what What does your grandfather mean to you? Yo, I tell you something oh, funny. When Aretha When Aretha died, um, when Aretha the last Three Rivers Festival here, Aretha. Performed here in 2006. I was one of the photographers for it, and I was like the only photographer taking pictures for Aretha. So Aretha passes away. Somebody hits me up and says, Yo, do you have any pictures from that festival that you took of Aretha? And I was like, Yeah, and I sent it to her. Somehow, some way, it ended up on the news. My picture ended up on the news, and they had my name as Preach Williams. Yes. <laughs> Funny. So, so my mom started calling me Preach Williams. That's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you get you. You know, it's they're 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 coming. The you know the the angels are falling, man. Are you uh, are you right. that guy now? Where like for an example, and I know I know you've indirectly worked with him, or probably directly worked with him. Where I feel like anytime there's like uh, uh, yes, oh, absolutely. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like this racial crisis. Anytime there's something that's a black and white thing that's going on in America, Tanahashi Coast gets that phone call. Yeah, he's gonna get the call. Is there? You're, do you feel that way in the comics industry when there's something that's hip hop related or something that's like black related? Are you that guy that gets that first phone call? Um, you know what? I try to control the narrative. I, 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 I would be the guy. Probably am the guy to some degree, but I think with us doing what we're doing right now. You don't even have to call us because we're going to go ahead and just do it. Yeah. Because it's like what our book is about, um, and I don't think I even explained what, it, what yeah, it's about. Yeah, let's do that and but, like each uh, other. Let's get something to eat. But uh, Waffle House? Hey, we can offer Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, we can do it. Actually, no, we, we got to stick to the diets, man. Stick to the diets. You can get some eggs. Oh, <laughs> like, like, you can do the keto. <laughs> Egg, eggs. But um, so the, the premise of the story is there's this family um, that fights these creatures, these monsters, during the Harlem Renaissance time period. Mm. And they used um, steampunk technology and alchemy to deal with these 
evil forces. And the matriarch of the family, she learns this technique called bitter root mm. during uh, the time of the Underground Railroad when she was a child. Because there's there was something down there that tried to prohibit them from making it. Wow. Um, you as a reader will find out what that thing was. Wow. And how, why that was. And why there was this thing, this thing in existence called Bitter Root. And how did this young girl uh, become a possessor of this this technique so basically long story short she um is entrusted with this she migrates with a few others up north they start a family in harlem and they taught the entire family they basically breed these (laughs) these you know but of course there were were a few others that were already adults but they were the ones they're they're the family that's the so the possessors of this technique. That's so there. crazy. So they're like yeah. Harlem Renaissance black Ghostbusters. I was gonna say <laughs> even even more so. They're like, if you ever seen Hellboy, mm-hmm. you ever you ever you, you know about the agency that he's mm-hmm. a part of called the BPRD. Mm-hmm. They're like that. Right. Yeah, they Why? deal they deal with these things that you don't want to see these unsightly things. But well, um, what what can we get it? Like, as I know you said, yeah. the. The first issue sold out. Second issue sold. Well, <coughs> you can go to right now. Yeah, issue three just dropped uh, this week. Mm. Where, where and can we go? Uh, you can go uh, honestly. Amazon, mm-hmm. Comixology, and I know you got like the eBay special editions, right? That's gone. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. See, you know what? I thought I'd never say this to you, but you know what, man. <laughs> You're doing all right. I was going to say, you're a sellout, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> That's the only way you can say that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yep. we sold out. You're a sellout. Yeah, I'm such a sellout. Yeah, you should be proud of yourself. Oh, God. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back, you sellout. <laughs> but, yeah, that uh, those those are the places. Of course, uh, your local comic um, distributors. <laughs> I can Let me share this real quick. And I think this right here, maybe we can yeah, kind of wrap it up in a yeah. nice bow. I think one of the things that we're learning, we're we're in a, a very unique place, um, the creative team on Bitter Roots, because we got two audiences. We got the comic book audience, and then we got what I call the non. The, we have the what I call the that audience that went to see Black Panther, but mm. they don't know nothing about the, yeah. <laughs> the character. But they went to saw it, and they were blown away, and they went yeah. and took the hey, let's go get Grandma yeah. and Auntie and. They all went and they saw it. They made it a family event, church groups and <laughs> school outings. And I mean, you got all this. Yeah. And we're we're getting that kind of buzz now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just trying to find ways how we can, how can we leverage that? And here's the, the catch 22 with that is that that's not necessarily just like the comic industry, Black Panther, billion dollar film. Mm-hmm. Is it really transitioning or translating over to the comic book? Yeah. To some degree, I've heard stories, but the biggest problem, I think, is the lack of accessibility to comics. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think, like, you you know where you can get a comic book, mm-hmm. and it's no big deal to you, but auntie, mm-hmm. you know, auntie, you know, Karen, yeah. that don't really... 
into this. Like that, yeah, yeah. But she likes the premise of this story, and mm-hmm. she likes the fact that a black creative team and black characters. Oh, I want to buy this. Where can I buy? Where where do you talk scratch and spin? Where yeah, where is it? You know what's a, yeah, yeah heroes and dragons? Yeah. What is what is that? And then when they go in, just being real, mm-hmm. customer service ain't quite the it, same. It's like it's, it's like very, you know it's like going to the gym for the first time. <laughs> where 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 like you're intimidated by yeah. by people that know what they're doing, so yeah. you can't come in there unaware, yeah. and 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 you they make you feel stupid. But, you know what but I mean? that that's that's where you got to change that that whole mentality mm-hmm. as a, a retailer because that's what it is. It's retail, it's customer service. So there's a there's a there's a an, um, a, a conference in Charlotte mm-hmm. of every comic retailer. In the country is going to mm-hmm. be there, and I'm going. When is this? This is next month. Mm-hmm. So if you want to ride and get educated, let's do it. Because you're going to see some things, and you're going to be like, "Yo, you this be- is the record industry." Uh, absolutely, all over I mean, exactly again. what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. It's like yeah. these jokers. You know what you need to do? Bottom line, you know that's what you need to do. You go get a microphone. Be like, "Yo, if you're an illustrator and you don't want your editor." All up in your videos, <laughs> editing your artwork. <laughs> Come to Image Comics. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it over here. The 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 we're the the raucous of of the industry. I'll tell you, man. I'm telling you, you need you in the squad. I gotta tell. I gotta tell that. To, Y'all need uh, to do the death row picture, man. I told you that. Oh, yeah. At least do the illustration oh, where everybody, like, it's all black color all and black. all the faces. I don't want to do death row because death row to that me. That energy. Yeah, yeah, I just don't like the energy. Yeah. But I'll do the firm. That was the same thing. <laughs> the firm. <laughs> that's a firm. terrible album. There oh, it was it, terrible. It but that picture, well. that, the picture was great. The picture was but great. That, I think the age well. Who could be Foxy Brown out of our group, though? Oh, wow. See, that's the problem. Actually, you know what's funny? Mm. We do have a fool. Well, I guess did we, she did she do one of the covers? She she is she has done a cover. It's right. not out yet. Okay. Oh, we, uh, let, let me share that real quick, man. Um, we we have these variant covers that we produced for, and the variant cover is just you know um, a different version of mm-hmm. the cover. Like I did a cover, and then we had other artists do their versions of uh, the covers. And our intention was to get a well-known, established black. Illustrator mm-hmm. and a female illustrator mm-hmm. who preferably is a black female. Is a black yeah. female. Yeah. So a fool is is one um, is really 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 dope girl um, by the name of um, uh, Makaya Sozo. Mm-hmm. She's ridiculous. I got to show you her cover. I think I, I think I'm it's following the, her. The black yeah. and white. Yeah. It's black and white. And yeah. The, yeah. It's crazy. That's probably one of my favorite covers out of. Even the big name folks, so, right. yeah, she put it down real, real nice. Well, that's dope, man. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like you're not just defined by the work that you do, but when you offer opportunities for other people, and, and like you letting people do variant covers on your property, like this is your 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 stuff to bring people in on that from the ground up. I think that's really, really, really good. And so, um, mm. I think. We're trying to end it on a positive note. Yeah, so we've been talking about an hour. I think that's good enough. It sounds good. To All me. right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the Negro League podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Once again, we are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to mobettersoul.bitcartel.com. We'll also have the websites and everything um, in the description with Sanford. So, if you want to buy some comics or buy some gear, we'll have all that stuff in there. Um, shout out to Sanford Green for coming in, talking with us at the podcast. We're also sponsored by Tussie. 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 <laughs> Not 
juke? Not what about juke? juke? <laughs> you gotta get some juke in there, man. A sponsor. I was gonna say Murray's pomade. <laughs> We're sponsored by Murray's pomade. Where you you buy one, you bought a lifetime supply. <laughs> I mean, we're talking a twelve ounce. A twelve twelve ounce, 12 ounce Yo, covers you about sixty years. I swear, I was at my mom's <laughs> house the other day and I took a picture because it's like the same bottle I bought as a teenager is still in there. That is insane. Yeah, I have Absolutely. no idea what a merge pot may mean or what it does, <laughs> but it's like this rite of passage of blackness. At some point, you hit that certain age, your that, daddy come to you with one of those in a do rag. <laughs> it's like, my son, <laughs> you are now officially black. I'm like what? Okay. You see, like, the, the spotlight that yeah, shines on right. it. <laughs> it's like, you start hearing cool in the game. <laughs> Frankie Beverly and Maze. What's going on? Who the hell is Maze? That'd be like, they'll test you with your blackness. Like, all right, my son, please tell me. Uh, <laughs> Frankie, Beverly, Frankie Beverly and who is in Maze? It's like, who the hell is Maze? That's the right answer. <laughs> Anytime you, you know have made, who, you have done well. You have done you well. Who Maze is you're a white dude trying oh, yeah. to study too much about black culture. This <laughs> ain't appropriating the culture. Right? It's like, well, actually, the trumpet player from Maze, <laughs> Donald Hopkins, is oh, pretty yeah. great. Like, no, the correct answer is who the hell is Maze? <laughs> it's like who knows the pips? That is like the pips. If you know who the pips are, oh man, unless you was a pip, yeah. there should be no you, reason you, you know should. who the pips are. Yep. Yeah. So there shout out to Gladys Knight. Shout out to Frankie Beverly. Shout out to Maze. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever y'all are. It is the Negro League Podcast. Peace. I'll be